Hello and welcome to Pal Fans International Podcast. We're here with the American crew today. Uh, I'm here with Alki. Alki, how are you? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Anthony? Doing pretty good, man. We've got a lot to talk about. And I believe, Alex, this is your first time on the podcast. Is that right? This is my second time on the podcast, but first time with the American crew. So I'm excited to be with you guys. There we go. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, we've got Alex. He's our American, uh, fellow American Panathinaikos fan with us here. And so we've kind of got a loaded roster. Um, as you guys know, we just had that big derby, uh, Panathinaikos versus Olympiakos this past weekend. It was very explosive, no pun intended. Um, as, as always, as the derbies always are. Um, of course, there's that controversy around it, but let's talk about the actual game itself. Um, how did you guys see the way that Panathinaikos played? How, what was the game plan that they took towards Olympiacos? And uh, feel free to jump in, whoever, Alex or Alki. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this for, for to start with. Uh, one thing that stood out to me that kind of is different than how Panathinaikos games usually go is that we are kind of really effective uh, on both sides, both the right and the left, usually kind of we favor one side over the other depending you know on how the game's going but you know especially for the first 45 which is basically what we got um we were effective on both sides uh Juricic, who i think ended up playing left wing uh and bernard was at the 10 was effective he was probably man of the match for the first you know for the first half for me and we also had plenty of decent attacks with colossus and vianidis on the right so that that definitely stood out to me as opposed to other games yeah, I think we even saw it in a lot of the games in Europe too. I think Jovanovic has he takes either like the attacking or kind of low block approach for certain games, whereas in the past we're so used to that being like kind of slow and steady approach for every game. And I think he's just noticed with this personnel and like we've seen with a lot of the games in Europe, just kind of take the game to the opponent, but on the same time, like still sticking to our roots of like a good strong defense holding our own uh, and just not giving up, you know, losing possession easily or giving up stupid goals, things like that. So that game showed we were really, like Alex has said, just kind of a good balance on both sides, but being dominant too. I mean, we kind of talked about it leading up, like first half from what we saw, you know, Olympiacos has the numbers, but like if you just watch the game itself, like I never had any flash of doubt, even up until the game got abandoned that, you know, Game ended 1-1, or however the result will stand in court. But the scoreline itself, I even after 1-1, like it just felt like we hadn't taken our, our foot off the gas and just it didn't worry me at all, you know? Yeah, that's that's really positive, you know, because these types of games, they're always one-offs, right? You go into this type of game as a Panathinaikos fan, Olympiacos fan, you can't really take team record into account as much when heading into these games because you just never know like we've seen in the past I mean that 2013-14 season Panathinaikos by the papers logic were supposed to be relegated and we went in and beat them 3-0 in Kadiaskakis after they beat Manchester United and so it's good to see that we're going into Kadiaskakis and we're playing with like an attacking style we're not really afraid we want to kind of bring the game to them because I'll be honest Olympiacos, of course, they seem better this year than what they were last year. They had a lot of, you know, rotation issues going on. It was like a ring around the rosy type of thing. Um, 
but this year they seem a little more stable. But um, like Nick was saying in our chat, it's it's like Olympiacos hasn't really played opponents that are too difficult yet, not to take anything away from them, but it seems anytime they come up against an opponent that has some type of, of game plan, some type of structure, they tend to struggle a little bit. So that's where I do think that Panathinaikos probably could have come away with the win. Of course, it's a coulda, shoulda, woulda type of situation, as we all know about this whole incident that happened. But it is positive. I, I do love the structure that Jovanovic has kind of built into the team because he's brought back this idea. I've said it last time as well that this is Panathinaikos. We play a certain way. We bring the game to them. And I really do like that. Now, a, a lot of a lot of people were talking about uh, Juricic. Um, up to the stoppage, would would you guys think he was the the highest performing player for Panathinaikos, or who would you say is the highest performing player in the game? Yeah, for me, for me, it was Juricic. I think I think we had a lot of a lot of attacks going down the left side. He was doing a lot of nice over overlapping runs. Uh, he had he had a couple good looks on goal. I think it was a matter of time before he found the score sheet. Um, probably deserved a goal in the first half himself. Uh, he was centimeters away, probably a few times from from finding the net just came in too late a couple of times or, you know, defender did, did what he needed to do a couple of seconds before George got to the ball. I'm thinking about a few specific moments that happened, but yeah, for me, for me, it was him, you know, but it wasn't just him. I think Bernard did, did well at the 10 where, you know, we've seen him, I think do better this year than he has on the wing. Uh, you know, Bayanides found the score sheet. I think he was, I think he was doing well himself. So there was, there was not many, bad performances in my opinion for the first 45 yeah i agree i mean i feel like jurisic and bernard are like two of those highlights for us just throughout the season they'll be they'll go on streaks of like two three four games in a row where they're like game changers and then other games where they're like solid just not standing out compared to others but they've never i haven't seen them put a foot wrong this season that's saying a lot especially for a guy like bernard who us and a lot of fans and even some of the papers were just like sick of him, honestly, like a lot of us wanted him gone or we'd sell him even up until this point. Um, and I think he's just kind of one of those glue guys that helps when we're kind of looking for an answer. And Jurisic just being obviously, I'd say other than Brignoli, like signing of the season for us and for the last few years, just kind of one of those like it guys that just kind of makes things rotate. And we could say that with a lot of guys. I mean, Vilena. He's had ups and downs, but he's been like a huge improvement. So, um, but I think those two, like Alex said, for the compared to everyone else, probably stood out the most. But I, I didn't see anyone that played a bad role up until the game stopped. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know I, I've been just scrolling through Twitter and just you know I, I'm in those Panathinaikos circles as you guys are as well, and just kind of seeing. Uh, everybody highlighting Ladenovic, or I'm sorry, uh, Juricic, um, after the game, you know, I mean, after those 50 minutes or so, just kind of highlighting what a what a good player he is. Um, you know, there was that scare with that crazy tackle uh, on him, and you know, he's kind of lucky he got away with not getting injured um, from the Olympiacos player. I don't remember which player it was, but he, you know, Indoy, Indoy, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, I, I saw it. That should have been a red card. Uh, I mean, that was just a crazy, crazy challenge. Um, so he's the type of player that, that I am happy to have. And I am glad that Bernard has kind of 
also come into the mix. Like Alki was saying, I mean, I was one of the vocal fans that was just saying he's not worth the contract. He's not worth the money we're paying him. But it's, you know, I mean, he's had a, a hat trick against Panatolikos. Um, he, he put in some good performances. Um, we lost against Ike, but I remember he put in a, a decent shift against Ike. Uh, and against Olympiacos, so he's he's finding his confidence. He knows when to step up at these important moments. Uh, and those are two players, I think, having them at their best, that's going to kind of take us as far as we can go because they, they create opportunities for our players. Because compared to last year, if you guys remember, I mean, last year our biggest struggle was we couldn't really score. And now this year we've got a guy like uh, Juricic, who's a creator, along with Bernard also kind of getting comfortable in that role and we're finding the back of the net a lot more. So that's going to be kind of that key that's going to drive us forward. Um, but I mean, the elephant in the room, you guys, I think it's, it's kind of time to talk about it, which, uh, oh, you know, it's 50th minute or so 49th minute. Um, Olympiacos equalize, uh, they score, they make it one, one and a firecracker goes off. And uh, it, allegedly, according to some, allegedly, oh, yes, a yeah, yeah. allegedly, a firecracker goes off. Um, and Juan Car, who was uh, warming up on the sidelines, uh, went down. Um, there's conflicting reports uh, from all sides of media. Um, essentially, he lost his equilibrium, fell down. He said he couldn't hear. The match got stopped. And the match never resumed again. And since then, we've had just so much drama, so much, you know, newspaper, Greek football. Greek media. I, yeah, we don't know yeah, what happened at this point, really. What, who said what and who did what at this point, honestly. It's, it's just such a joke, honestly. The joke part is just that of all the constant or lack of, streamline information and then the other part of it is just like how long does this go on just in general in greek football before i mean i don't know before what i mean we've seen people die over stuff like this for teams so it's like it's gotten to the worst point it can but even that hasn't stopped it uh in a derby game like this but it's like this whole circus that keeps happening is just it's embarrassing honestly for greek football in the league as a whole it definitely it, it definitely holds the league back and i don't know i none of us are saying that it, you know greece is going to be a top 5 league but it, it it holds the league back and one one thing that you know stood out to me we haven't heard anything from Ivanovic yet as far as you know i've seen but it reminded me of something he said about what happened in um in august with uh michalis the um the uh Ike supporter you know, we, they were supposed to play on Tuesday. We were supposed to play on Wednesday. And obviously their game got postponed. And Jovanovic in his press conference said, you know, this was supposed to be a celebration for for Greek football. You have, you know, the two Athenian teams playing Champions League qualifying football back-to-back days. It should have been a celebration. And it ended up obviously being the opposite of a celebration. And that's that's exactly – I think those same words apply to what we saw on Sunday – they applied to the cup final uh, last year. We were not in it, but, you know, it was behind closed doors. That's also supposed to be a celebration and it's something that's not celebrated. And, you know, that's just three instances in the past, let's say four months, but the list goes on and on. All of these events are supposed to be celebrations of our league and our teams and our football and our fans. 
and it ends up not being that at all. Uh, so that's, it's, it's really a shame that that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you guys, you guys have said it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's a disappointment. I mean, this is something where I, you know, I was talking about it with, uh, with a friend. I mean, I, I've been watching Panathinaikos uh, probably since I was 12 years old. I'm 26 years old now. Uh, and things that were happening back then are still happening now. So I, I, in terms of the football being played on the pitch, the last few years, I think we have seen an improvement. But at best, it's just remained stagnant on the outside parts, which are just as important, in my opinion, as the actual football being played on the pitch. Because you're having fans just doing – stupid stuff i mean you're you just can't respect, respect that kind of behavior honestly like it got to a point where like there's certain point of like ultras and hooliganism and all that like you can take it and draw that fine line but like having that history and stuff we get it but like this is 2023 top 10 leagues aren't even doing this kind of like barbaric acts like honestly I mean, we don't see that. We see it maybe outside from the fans, outside stadiums and stuff, like especially during like European matchups and things like that. We've seen with like Italian teams and um, anybody in like the Eastern Europe. I, I, those I leagues, fans like, recently, just a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I fans had the had their scene inside the stadium. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it happens just not to that extent and not consistently like it does for us. And you just can't be. It, it it shows a bad image and you just can't show like no one's going to respect that league at the end of the day. And, and it, it domino effects into a lot of other things like referees. I mean, that's been like a joke of a thing for the last two, three seasons now for the Greek league. And it's like no foreign country is going to want to send their people to go be in charge of refereeing and officiating in a league that can't even control its fans or its city or anything. And then we're going to get stuck with, you know, the bias refs of Greek refs. Oh, but Athenaikos is playing, paying that guy or he Olympiakos has him under the table or whatever. Just like all these bullshit stories with a doctor saying, oh, he's a Panathinaikos fan. Well, we've also seen pictures of him show up at Adi's games, Ike games with the players. Like, it happens. He's just a football fan. So it's just like, it's just the drama never ends for me. And it's just, it's it's embarrassing. You got to laugh at it just because of how joke it is. And we've been watching it for how many years? We're all fans. Like, at what point do they, does somebody... And hopefully this weekend will prove something and how it stands in the court on Friday. Our, our our team isn't involved in that from what I've seen. But like, hopefully this will be a starting point to just use common logical sense, guilty by association, whatever we need to do, right? To yeah. just get some consistency and and, and some, some order in the league. Yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> again, I just you know, piggybacking off of that, I mean, there, on top of just everything that's been going on, just a disappointment. I mean, you said everything perfectly. It's things are, are stagnant at best. Uh, we're having issues with referees. We're having issues with fans. I mean, for example, you know, as I was saying, Olympiacos, they just score and, oh, let's throw a firecracker on the pitch. Allegedly. Let's throw a firecracker on. I mean, what 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 sense does that make? I mean, any logical person's gonna say, I mean, hey, let's celebrate. Okay, we're gonna light a firework or something. We're gonna shoot it in the sky. We're not gonna throw it at in the direction allegedly of, of the players. It's just all ridiculous. And I mean, you have this split, unfortunately, which that's that's the biggest problem I think with, with Greek football as a product of all of this that we're talking about. 
we have these splits among fan bases where we get blinded by the colors and you've got people, you know, blindly claiming that, oh, no, Olympiacos, no, no, they didn't do that. The fan never did that. The game should go on. In my opinion, and, we'll, and I want to bring this to you guys after, I mean, in my opinion, Panathinaikos should get the, the 3-0 win on paper, just like the other clubs have done the last few years, per what has happened in the past. If we want any type of consistency, we need to continue this way. I mean, in the past, Panathinaikos has been punished. And rightfully so, right, for throwing things on the pitch and for, for other matters like that. Uh, we've seen uh, Pauk get in trouble for, I guess, a toilet paper hit one, an Olympiacos coach in the head. I mean, they, they stopped the game, got a 3-0 win. Every right, but we just get into, the, like, layers and gray lines of, like, people saying, oh, well, Panathinaikos went in with Ankar and refused to come out, so technically they abandoned the game. And it's like, you get into these just, like, pissing contests. And then you get stuff like... Marinaki's coming out and like mocking the way Juanca reacted to the firecracker right. A and then B saying like now he's setting a precedent for how who what any player that gets hit is going to just act dizzy and stuff like just mocking somebody's injury whether he oversold it undersold whatever it is the evidence is there there's pictures there's evidence firecracker came there on him and, and to mock somebody for that and how they react like is just and you're setting that precedent you're setting the bar so low for mocking him we know Monakis isn't going to come out and like say oh the fans are at fault because you would never do that and for whatever reason you may have his reasons people will agree with that whatever but it's like coming out and making that kind of statement to me is just like that's where the level of our league is at right now so much of the discourse from Olympiacos has been like you know for me it's what I've seen is like the guy has to die for it to be like a legitimate thing like no the guy does not have to die like we should not be throwing firecrackers on on the pitch you know no matter what and if if he's lost his hearing temporarily if he's you know gotten dizzy temporarily like all those are still no-nos basically like yeah. he, he, the guy does not have to die for it to be a serious thing for us to walk off the field and for us to get the three nil when on paper that's, that's and, what the rules say right I mean, and, and let me let me say this and let me say this about about the 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 win on paper and i'll speak for myself i do believe i speak for for most of us i don't want the three no win on paper in normal circumstances like i want the game to get played i want to see our team play 90 minutes and dominate for 90 minutes that's what i see when the game percent. got when the game got stopped i was upset i was it was a shame because we were watching a great derby we were watching a great derby of the eternal enemies and it's a shame that it had to had to, had to get stopped and we couldn't see it through. But I want I want my team to win in 90 minutes. I don't want my team to win on paper. But when it's happened so many times in the past, like you said, Alki, there's a precedent right there. And then we have to follow the precedent. Like that, I'm not going to say I don't want it anymore because they've gotten so many wins like that on paper in the past. So now now it's time for us. But under normal circumstances, yeah, I want I want to win in 90 minutes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, any any normal, rational football fan wants to see their team play and win. Okay, of we of course, like when it comes down to it, like how rules are, we wanna we want those points, but like that's when we get into like I said, the pissing contest of like who's right, who's wrong, whatever. Like rules are set in place, but then they have all these gray lines they fall under, and then reading reports how the doctor diagnosed him, but then didn't have the proper equipment to really fully diagnose him, which is why he was supposed to go to the hospital. It's like when you hear stuff like that gets leaked out, whether it's true or not, a doctor not having the proper equipment just goes to show how big of an embarrassment our league. Like we're not even prepared for moments like these. 
I mean, it's like you see, I don't know about you guys, but I see, you know, on all those bloopers of like funny things that happen during football games. And like the number one thing I see all the time is those doctors coming out to care. I think it's an Ike player, an Adi's player. Years and years back, they put him on the stretcher and take two steps and they fall and topple him over like a few times. Like, it's just like, how long are we going to be the butt of the joke where like you guys take things serious for our league to be taken seriously, even for locals like we had this past weekend? It doesn't create a safe environment. You don't feel comfortable. You don't have faith in that things are going to go the right way. And us as fans or podcasts, we've seen Gate 7 with us. Ike Page is like, everyone's just like, what's going to happen? Because there's just so much conflicting information out there that it just becomes a shit show. And, and now, it's a, now, now it's a shame because, you know, you saw uh, Gate 7 International or whoever it was now was sharing things from West Ham guys that are saying stuff about what it's like going to be for them going to Gareskakis on Thursday when they play Olympiacos. And yeah. it's a shame to see because, like, okay, I, we don't care what 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 happens to Olympiacos, but it is, it is the face of Greek football when any team is exactly. playing in Europe. So it's it's a shame to see, you know, West Ham guys being afraid or whatever to go to Gareskakis. It would be a shame for the Ren guys being afraid to come to Leoforos. It goes, it goes anywhere. Same with the Papa Arena, like – doesn't matter. It's just it's just a shame to see, and it's it's not what we want to see for for Greek football. Yeah, it's it's an absolute embarrassment, and I mean it, it just continues. Just like they've got, I believe the Greek league is is on that kind of that short list of players uh, of warnings for players that they have from what I've read in the past. I mean stuff like this happens. I mean it's it's twenty twenty three and it's still going on. I mean you hear about Izupoli, you hear about all these all these things from twenty years ago. And it's like, has anything changed? No, it hasn't. I mean, the this hooligan culture and this, it's hooligan culture, and it's just all, all of Greek football in a nutshell, really. I mean, there's there's problems from all directions, really. The the problems never get solved on the pitch. It's there's something going on on the pitch, and it resonates outward into outside things, and it's it's scary because if you know what's going to happen if let's say the the courts rule against uh, Panathinaikos and somehow Panathinaikos gets a point deduction or something. Let's you know, let's just say hypotheticals. I mean, I don't even want to imagine what's going to happen. It's just too. It's too much. It's too too violent. And it's, it's too an violent. And the fact that there's people that actually defend this behavior, try to justify what was done was right, or justify that Panathinaikos refused to come out. Like it's just that's what's sickening. We can't even just look at this morally, ethically. It's just all about the colors and wanting to beat the opponent who you've been an enemy of for the longest time. There's just that line that you draw, but it's always going to get crossed. And I'm not saying our fans, even our ultras, are perfect either. Um, I mean, we've seen what happened with like those banners that everyone complained about, but we're talking about this specific instance. Like, it's just, it's, it's. I'm sick of the shit show, man. It's just, it's sad. And, and you know what's you know what's really also part of the problem, and you kind of touched on it, Alki, a little bit ago. Is the media is is so bad, and it's it's no it's no it's not news to anyone that the media is primarily for Olympiacos. That's not anything new. But you know, uh, just touching on what happened on 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 Sunday, you know, U.S. time, Cosmotech coverage was absolutely rubbish. You know, they were just spewing mis- misinformation while there was the stoppage. They were the one, they were the ones that were basically telling us that, you know, match doctor ref said that it's good to go. And Panathinaikos is staying in and Olympiacos was on the pitch. So 
it seems pretty believable when, when you're seeing it the way it is playing on TV. And then when someone's telling you like that, but you know, you hear about it two days later and that wasn't the case, but that they're just spewing misinformation. Uh, the ref wasn't even on the pitch. The ref wasn't even, even on the pitch when they were saying that. How can the ref be saying for the two teams to come out if he's not even on the pitch? He's not waiting for Panathinaikos to come out. You know, yeah, they so just it, go it just, to the first amount so, of media that comes out and they sport, run with sport, it. Sport, 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 like also just Olympiakos propaganda. The, the, the only news I was following on Twitter, the only news that they had to report while we were in the, the dressing room for, you know, what, whatever, an hour was uh, Pascal Lakis was taking PKs on Alexandropoulos uh, and another guy. That, that, was the, that was what they had to say about it. Uh, sport day the next day, again, Olympiacos propaganda. SDNA right. pulled out somebody sent them photos of the doctor with all our players and just ran with it like oh he's a Panathinaikos fan he's with them so it can't be him they can't be working against Panathinaikos and it's just like they Dude, take just, this just they the run Greek with media it is, it's don't, don't don't believe don't believe everything you hear you know wait wait until you know there's appropriate information because again at two hours out of game time we had not we did not have the appropriate information to make a judgment. All we had was what we were getting fed to by the Cosmotev feed, the, you know, these guys, these guys, and it's all, it's all rubbish. It, there, there's never any clarity and it's always, it's always blinded by the colors. The media pushes out this type of narrative. Yes. And it's, and the thing is, it's also with the fans. So the fans buy into this crap. I mean, I'm, I'm remembering back when Finn Bogassin, when Panathinaikos uh, and Leoforos, the fans had thrown the flare near him. And the game never happened. And Panathinaikos loses 3-0 on paper. And it was kind of, you know, people are going around proud. Yeah, that shouldn't happen. And I agree, that should not happen. They shouldn't be throwing flares at all that, you know, at players and at anyone. And in this instance, you have a player coming down with, uh, allegedly, a, a firecracker blowing up. And he, he can't hear. He lost his equilibrium. And there's people pissed off that the game's not going on. I don't understand. This is this is this is more serious in terms of someone's safety than what than the than the example that you're bringing up. Yeah. So so why 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 are we not you why are we you know crying about it happening here because yeah. it's going against them? That's that simple as that. Like there's never any consistency split. around it. I mean, we've seen derbies in the past. Too much smoke in there from all the flares and stuff, even in the stands where they have to stop the game because players can't fucking see two feet in front of them to make a pass. Like, it's just, it, it's sickening, dude. Like, how many years are we going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this? It's not me saying it as a Panathinaikos fan to defend us. Just overall, we've seen it with other teams. But there's no consistency in it. Like, if they cancel a game just because a flare was thrown, like you said in the past, the same rules should apply now. Have the rules changed or been adjusted since then? No. But... After this weekend, some say, well, they need to be adjusted. We're going to do this going forward. Well, that's not what's been done in the past. But it, it, the, the goalpost always moves to yeah. help whoever needs the help. Right. And, right. Call, and the thing is, my opinion is going to be invalidated because I'm a Panathinaikos fan. But I cannot remember a time where Panathinaikos has had something like an instance like this go in our favor. I can't even remember the last time Panathinaikos refused to come out for a game. So it has to have been serious. I mean, I'm happy that Jovanovic and, and even Alafuzos pat on the back. I mean, stand up for the team. But it doesn't it doesn't even have to be serious. This is what I'm saying. Like you gotta protect your players. You gotta protect your yeah. players. And the and the guy doesn't have to die, you know, for it to be worth not coming out for. Like 
you know, he lost his hearing. He was dizzy. That For me, that's enough. And I'll say the same thing about the other side, too. Like, you got to protect your players. They're not animals. You know, they're not yeah. animals. They're they're people and they're just they're, they're doing their job. They're on they're on the clock. Right. Like, yeah, you're you're not going to go to work and like get injured and then, get, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then, yeah, or we're just going to drop in league popularity. We're going to be like those South American leagues or some of those exa- crazy leagues. Exactly. Like it, it just depends. What what is your goal for the league and what what? image we're supposed player, to be players are not going to want to come players are no. not going to want and we're going to be getting stuck with just homegrown players or just random nobodies and that's going to be the state of our league and if that's their goal then fine keep and doing like, what you're doing and you'll lose your support but if you want to progress in 2023 and build the image of greek football as a whole because a lot of this stuff will affect and impact even stuff when we have european games or even just coefficients and being able to compete and having a certain amount of teams being able to go to europe you got to clean this shit up. This cannot keep happening. And, and it's got to stop. Top seven, top ten leagues even don't have this happening on a regular no. basis. We we should have, you know, I didn't I didn't kind of want to bring this up, but we should have walked against Ayak when we were at Opapa Arena. When was it? February, March last year when Brignoli went down. We should have walked. He wasn't he wasn't even injured, right? Theoretically. I mean, I think he was probably a little rattled from from a firecracker being right behind him. And they did score, you know, 30, 60 seconds after that. Whether that had an effect or not, we'll never know. But, you know, there w- there was a firecracker right behind him. And we, sh- we should have walked because, you know, he might have not been injured, but it's still a, a, an offense towards uh, our player. Even even the even the cup final in 2021 when Aitor scored, they threw a rock at him. They threw a rock, they threw a rock at him. We I should, remember we that. Have he wanted to celebrate should... in the corner, and every all the players ran to him, not to celebrate with him, but to pull him away and yeah. protect him because of how hostile it gets for stuff like yeah. that. And he wasn't injured, but we should have walked because you got to protect your players. They can't. They can't be getting. Them. They can't be getting shit thrown at them. That's just. That's completely wrong. No and, matter and, what team you support. And guys, and 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 Nick brought up this point, right? Was it not Olympiacos last season saying we're not going to play if even a handkerchief falls on the pitch? Of course. So of it's course. like in this case... With... It didn't happen to their player, so it doesn't fucking matter. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's where we have the problem in the league because as it stood, they should have realized, oh, you know what? Hey, okay, th- this seems pretty serious. Let's stop because there's a player down who's going to get him checked out, yada, yada. And instead, we have this whole slew of just media perpetuating this garbage. You've got, I mean, you know, presidents coming out saying certain things. And it's just it's just elevating everything. And it's just not good. It's just it's a problem. If on the contrary, if an Olympiacos player was on the floor after an explosion, I would say, hey, OK, yeah, we, we need to stop because this guy's bleeding out of his ear, apparently. Right. It's a human being. I mean, we shouldn't be throwing things. I mean, I've read stories of coins being flicked at people. And like you brought up, Alex, I mean, there, there's a whole freaking piece of like stone thrown at Timedo. What was it? I don't know. Some men. It was something. I mean, we've seen it even in, we've seen it in hoops. A lot of like former players that played in the NBA or came overseas or even just former players for all of our Greek teams and hoops even say like, you want to be scared come play in Greece during the derby and you're, you're going to, you'll see what scared is like. You'll see hostile environment. You'll see that. Um, and, and this is just a perfect example of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it shouldn't get to that point where 
honestly, when, when I thought got hit by that that piece of Timando, I mean, they shouldn't have even continued the game, honestly. I mean, coming no. back to think of it, like, this is just ridiculous overall. And unfortunately, again, I what what happens with Greek football is uh, a lot of it comes down to, oh, he's a Panathinaikos fan. He's biased. His opinion doesn't matter. Oh, he's Olympiakos. That's his... dude. I don't care. Yeah, like, and it's like... we've That's the point we've gotten to, though, really, because that's, yeah. that's the point we've gotten to. Yeah, and it's like we we've got to just get rid of this notion, and that's that's the problem because us we're out in the West, right? We we grew up in a different type of culture over here, so we think we see things how how it operates in the United States. Like for example, Alki, if I'm watching the Warriors play tonight and somebody just chucks a stone at Steph Curry's head, I mean, I can only imagine what's going to happen. Versus Good. in the finals, in when was it? 2015, 2016. He got teed up and ejected for throwing his mouthpiece. And that's yeah. the player throwing something just on the floor because there's yeah. no tolerance for any of that shit. Yeah, and versus I checked the score because I, I didn't watch the game live. I checked the score suspended. My first thing, they invaded the pitch. And it's kind of like that's not normal. If you talk to somebody that watches yeah, it, yeah, true. Like, what like they invaded the pitch. True. Oh, I, true. It's a derby. And I'm kind of like, yeah. dude, I was thinking about it. That's not normal. That's not how yes. <laughs> man. Like w- we're bringing violence and we're bringing all this like – other stuff and it's splitting fans up and if this is kind of going bigger picture too i think it leaks into the national team too where we have these splits where it's like you go by the chromata oh he's playing for olympiacos don't call him out. he's playing for clicks that's why certain guys get picked or agents and you know it, it yeah. leads through 100%. and then the media of like oh olympiacos their team was warming up they were ready to play but but i think refused well if the roles were reversed and one of your players whether he was a bench player or a starter was hurt because of one of your fans guilty by association. I'm not stepping foot out there. I don't care what color my Jersey is. You know, you know, what's one thing we should talk about. We should talk about the rest report because that, that is, that is big for the outcome of this, of this match. And it's really what favors us. So the rest report, it's this whole, it's not that long, but basically the two takeaways that are important, I think are uh, Juan car never was cleared. So let's let's just put that out there. Juan Car was never cleared by the doctor or the ref. Uh, it is true that the doctor said he had gotten better in his second check, but he still didn't clear him. Uh, and the ref never told both teams to go back out. You know, and that was that was what Cosmote on the feed was saying, and that is just not true according to the ref's report, which is what we have. What is it's the best piece of information we have to go off of? So those two pieces of information together uh, basically have cleared us almost hundred percent from being involved in this and you know i just want to put that out there so that there's not this right wasn't the big piece there that the refs never cleared them to go back out and they collectively agreed that the match was going to be abandoned nobody like forfeited the game or anything either which is what all the reports were saying as far as we know from this report went out on their own volition and why did they do that? I don't want to start it up here, conspiracy theory, but they wanted to intimidate us to go out. You know, they wanted to, because they clearly had a feeling, I don't know what the Malagas Marinaki said to them in the dressing room, but they clearly had a feeling that they were going to lose this one in the long run because something was thrown at the end of the day. And they probably, Marinakis probably saw that Juancar was actually, you know, not a hundred percent. So they wanted to scare us to go back out because if we went back out, then we wouldn't have had an argument to hold up in court afterwards. I mean, that could change the whole yeah. dynamic. The, I mean, the, I, I, the, me being a Dortmund and, fan, I witnessed it in Champions League when their bomb got almost, their bus almost got bombed. 
and they didn't want to play. Their coach at the time, Tuchel, said, no, stop being a bunch of pussies. Your guys are going. So they rescheduled the game against Monaco the next day. It was the same day, and they rescheduled for the next day. They go out, they lose 5-0. And if you watch the game, all the players were so, you could tell not there just of, from of the course. trauma, all of that. Course. And so psychologically, that's going to affect, impact, dynamic of the team, the flow. It's just one of those things like we see in other games where it changes the momentum of the game, whether it's like their headspace is in a different spot or whatever. Olympiakos is going to be fired up like, oh, game's not on. They don't want to play, but we want to play. So, like, they're going to be scared to play us type of deal. And it's like... They they were they were also out there for who knows how long, 30, 60 minutes warming up. They were staying warm. You know, we were in the dressing room. So there was, there was no chance of us coming out to play and, you know, it being at all even or fair or presentable, whatever you want to call it. But again, the ref, the ref hadn't come out. That to me says, and it's confirmed from the ref report that he didn't tell both teams to come out. If he had told both teams to come out, Olympiacos would come out, the ref would have come out, and we would have been waiting for Panathinaikos. And only one party was out, and it was Olympiacos, and they were... They were they were trying to intimidate intimidate us into coming out. That's my two cents on that. Yeah, and we'll and, see what happens Friday because according to those reports yeah. too, Panathinaikos is out of it. They're they're not asking for them to be involved. It's just yeah. strictly between Courts and Olympiacos, which and, to me sounds like good news for us. But again, it's Greek I, football. You never know. Can happen, guys. <laughs> we we can, can wake up they, and see the result, and it could be against us. I mean, you never know. They could be send them to court to tell them congratulations instead yeah. of like, hey, fuck <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they just got they just got rid of us, so we're not yeah. we're not uh we're not an obstacle in court. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be like congratulations. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I, mean, I, th- I think I think we're looking I think we're looking pretty good. Yeah, I think we are. I think we are, and, and it is you know it is what it is. I mean, people are. are it's justified. It's one of those, you yeah. like to say, keep consistently guilty by association. Yeah. The players did nothing wrong, but if your fans in your home arena are throwing things to, for whatever reason it is, yeah, the team has to pay the price, unfortunately. That's just how, yeah. and most times, that's how the world works. And and we should, <laughs> we should mention that I think, I don't know, I don't know how you guys feel about the whole thing. We, we basically talked about it for you know a good while but i think everyone in the team handled it really well i think from what we've heard jovanovic was the one that was pushing to not come out you know you saw players were were standing by juan car specifically you know sporar and verbic were right there they were you know they were playing their role doing their job so i think from what what we've what we know now which is not a lot because nothing really has been revealed from the panathinaiko side uh i don't know i think which i'm happy about by the way let it all play out don't put any words out there let everyone do just just from the little that we've seen Jovanovic standing up I think we handled it well and I'm you know I'm proud I'm proud with how it went down really and again I don't I don't want I don't want to win uh three nil on paper I want I want the 90 minutes but when when shit like this goes down you got to stand up for your guys and you gotta you gotta put a foot down yeah yeah I'm definitely happy that we the club has really stood up for itself this time the only thing that I'm not happy about I wish I wish the admin never posted the picture of the of the doctor um because that was a little crazy yeah it was just not it was not cool in my opinion i mean the guy's just trying to do his job and now he's getting you know they should have known they know how the the culture is in greece around sports and he was gonna get threats and all these things so that's the one thing i wish they never did because that's just a bad look and i feel bad for the guy but overall from jovanovic from ownership from the players from that standpoint, 
I am very happy with how they took it because in the past we've just rolled over and just taken it. I mean, uh, Nick brought it up as well, uh, you know, in the chat. Villafanias had been hit by a firecracker before he got back up and we lost that game against Pauk a few years ago. And it was, you know, oh, you know, too bad, so sad. It is what it is. And I remember us kind of complaining back then, like, dude, I mean, we've seen softer things, you know, softer punishments or softer things happen with harsher punishments than what happened with, with Villafanias. And finally, you know, our player goes down and yeah, stand up for yourself. And hey, if in the event it does backfire because you just never know, I mean, hey, I'm still proud that they they stood up for themselves. That's what you need to do because the others, and to their credit, okay, they're gonna they're gonna stand up for their teams. We've got to stand up for ourselves as well. I mean, that's just how it works. We got to stand up for the pack. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is kind of a of a horse that we've kind of beaten to death over the last few days. Um, you know, it's it's just gonna continue. And tomorrow. At least, you know, for us in the U.S., that's when the result's going to come out from the, the court. Expect If it what... comes out. I mean, they go to court Friday, but they may take two, three, four days before they release anything after that. We it just it'll yeah. it'll get appealed to. I don't know. You know, it's the whole it's the whole bullshit. Like, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll hear something about it in the next few days. We'll hear about it's not, it it's at not the end of the end season. Of if it's a tight title race, we'll hear at the yeah. end of the season where it's going to impact one or the other. Yeah. And then someone's going to fucking lose their shit. That's and then, how yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, going to happen. We've yeah, been yeah. here, done that so we'll, many times. We'll talk in like four or five months, guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Because and, and the thing is, we we have them in the cup, so we're gonna play them again for two legs, five um, more times this year. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah. play them a ton. So this this was our first meeting of the year, and this was explosive. I mean, literally, <laughs> figuratively, like we're yeah, we're in for it for the rest of the year, you guys. And honestly, I mean, based on what happened last year with Ike and all the, that whole issue, I mean, we're we're we probably haven't seen the end of drama this year in the Super League. So just buckle up and get ready for more, honestly. Whether it's well, we're like what a month in, a month and <laughs> yeah. a half. We're like, in October, shit, man. <laughs> not even made it to fucking December. It's not even Thanksgiving for us in America. Like Jesus Christ. Yeah, we're we're in October and there's already a Dicasteria. Like it's like, dude, what the heck is going on? It's like you know, halfway in the season type stuff. But no, I mean, jeez. But yeah, I mean. Let, let's let's shift gears a little bit, you guys. So let's we, we talked about the FC a little bit. Let's get into Panathinaikos basketball. It's been uh, a little bit since uh, the American crew's been on and kind of had a chance to talk about the basketball team. Um, you know, do we, you want to do that first, Adoni? Do you want to do Rena's preview? Uh, should since we? We're on the topic. You know what? Yeah, that's actually a good idea. Since since we're already on FC, let let's go into Ren. More positive and, things. We're still in Europe, so. Yeah. So yeah, well, top, yeah top, of the t- top of the top of the top of the group. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, we we are still top of the group um, in Europe. Uh, of course, you know we had that win against Villarreal, which is huge. Uh, we got that draw against Maccabi, and uh, now we're gonna have this week a game against Ren, which that is gonna be a home game for us, right, at Leoforos. Yeah. Um, back so, at Leoforos. Back at Leoforos because we've had that drama now with Oaxaca. Which I I never thought I would have said this, but I think I prefer our play style in Europe at Oaxaca versus Leoforos. I just think the bigger pitch just suits the, the way that Ivan has set us up in these European games. So like I think that's a good place to start. What, what do you guys think about the pitch situation? The pitch situation is, I don't know. I think I think you kind of are correct. We've seen good performances at Oaxaca over the years. 
this year, you know, we had what two games in qualifying at Lofotos. One was good against Marseille. One was mag against um, Dnipro. Uh, and then and then Oaxaca has been bad against Braga and good against Villarreal. So it's it's kind of been 50-50, really. Uh, but then it just uh, other than the pitch to the fans coming to come into play, like now now we're hearing you know about how many tickets are going to get sold at. At low photos, it's going to be a thousand to the general public plus uh, the season ticket holders. Which I don't remember how many season ticket holders we have, but I do remember vaguely that it might be like five to six thousand. Maybe I saw that number over the summer. So you know, for argument's sake, let's just say you know low photos hold about sixteen thousand. Let's say we'll have half the stadium will be fans, and half of it will be UEFA officials, sponsors, club people. So you know it, that you know you're you're talking about eight thousand fans versus sixty some thousand fans. That's going to come into play. The pitch, like we said, it's going to be it's going to be a weird one. It's going to be way different than what we've what we've seen recently. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like for both sides' argument, I can see it because how we saw we played against Marseille in their own stadium. People are like, yeah, we're not built for like that big of like a crowd like La Fotos is our own home little thing like it's better and then on the flip side we saw us perform at Oaxaca so I I don't think I think we've had enough with this group of guys where there shouldn't be a preference at this point uh and they've performed pretty evenly at both like Alex touched on so um it's just kind of like what we just talked about that whole situation with the stadium at Oaxaca is like just another kind of like add it to the list of just the drama and embarrassment in Greece, just having that come up after how many years. Um, but I guess just against Ren itself and being home, that'll be a, a good atmosphere. I think after, especially after all this drama that happened over the weekend, um, just being in a small home ground, home crowd, I think might help just kind of bring everyone's spirits up and the players will be feel, good about it um ren is on a really bad run of form lately too um i think at the last four or five they started the season pretty good i don't know if you guys paid attention but their last like four or five games they've i think they lost one lot drew one and lost like three in a row or something like that it was it was a pretty bad run of form lately so um, so i looked at, i looked at their recent their the recent games and it's it's kind of a weird one because i think what you're what you're talking about alki is so the last game that they played, they lost to Lorient 2-1 away. Uh, and actually, they had all the stats in that one. They had uh, the expected goals. They had the total shots. They had 20 total shots. And they had almost 70% possession. So they had they had everything. It looks like they probably deserved to win that one, even though they, they lost. But I looked at another game they played a month ago, which sounds like a long time ago, but we had international break. So it was only like, you know, two games ago, really. And they played, they drew nil-nil with Montpellier and they had 18 total shots. They had 63% possession. So kind of a very similar storyline to their last game against Lorient. The difference there is that out of 18 shots, they only had an expected goal of less than one. So it seems like there might be a trend with them even even the last game where they had 20 shots their expected goal was like 1.1 or something which yeah, is, you know, on not... fought mob it's 0.94 so if score is yeah. like one point something so right so the, well, really the trend low. is they're they're holding the ball but not doing anything with it really right 
So they're, yeah, it seems like they might be taking like these, you know, long shots, like really not, you know, not really effective attacks that they're putting together. Yeah. It looks nice on the stats, but they're not, they're not putting anything of value on, on the pitch. Uh, so, you know, I guess we could maybe, you know, expect a little bit of the same. We're going to, we're going to be under pressure because they do, they do, you know, they do hold the ball a lot. They've, you know, they're always 60, 70% possession in these league games against similar teams. So they'll hold the ball a lot. We'll be under pressure. They're going to shoot the ball. But, you know, I think as long as we don't let them step a lot into the box, it looks like they, you know, kind of struggle if that doesn't happen. Yeah, that's – I mean, going going into the game against Ren, um, you know, just based on all those points that you brought up, Alex, as well as Alki, like, it kind of reminds me in a way a little bit of, of the Villarreal game when we were going into that one where Villarreal, you know, they were kind of going through this weird sort of situation with the manager and mixing up tactics and mixing up the lineup and they just weren't playing effectively. I think us going to Leoforos, I think the one big positive is I guess the closeness, uh, just all the fans are together there. It's, it's, a big fortress and besides the game where we lost with Ike, I mean, I don't, but I usually they're, it's a very intimidating ground to play at whenever we're playing a little photo. So that'll certainly play into our hands. Um, just kind of like getting into lineups and tactics a little bit. I don't see too much changing from the game we saw against Olympiacos. I feel like the game plan that Jovanovic went with against Olympiacos is something that we might see reflected again in the game against Ren. Um, cause it's, it was a derby game, but also I feel like it was a time to experiment because Olympiacos, of course, is, it's, it's, they're a good team. So usually want to, want to try things out and, and it seemed to be effective. Unfortunately, the game didn't get to finish, so we didn't get to fully see it. But I think, uh, Juricic is, is certainly a player that we're going to see in the lineup. Um, he's going to have to be that X factor player for us. Uh, personally, I, I'm going with Ioannidi starting again. I, he's just been so impressive for me this year. Um, and just keeping keeping the back line the same. Um, is there anything that you guys maybe suspect that Jovanovic is going to change up? Or you guys think he's going to roll with what we saw against Olympiacos for this game against Ren? I think pretty similar. I think he might take the same approach he's taken against some of the other French teams or even via via Real. I think Ren is or Ren has a very they keep possession, so their their main guy. And I don't know if this is managerial choice or they switch gears um their main guy is Matic in the middle and as we all know Matic is a big name he's played everybody's slow pace kind of take it he controls the game in the middle and he's slow so I'm hoping Jovanovic kind of takes it to him kind of on the counter beats him with speed because they're not they're not a fast paced playing team but they will hold possession a lot and as we've seen in seasons past Jovanovic is like Cherry on top of everything is just his counterplay. Uh, and that's where we're at our best. Uh, even when we go full attack, like we've seen ourselves be super good on the counter. So I'm, I'm hoping he goes in that. As far as like player selection, I, I wouldn't really change up too much of what he's been going with. Um, I think, you know, with injuries and who's healthy and who's not, I think he's going to stick to what's been working. We might see a change, I think, like we've seen on the flanks with, Obviously, Juancar, we don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, Vaganidis and Kotsiras has been a toss-up, but they've both 
knock on wood, no matter how much we make fun of the poor guy, Kotsiras has been solid. Um, so I, I think we'll see the same stuff, just maybe a couple different changes. But I think personnel wise, like it doesn't change the actual game plan itself. You know, one thing that stood out to me, and this goes off your point well, Alki, is that if you look at their team sheet for, you know, about 30 seconds, you you see Matic, who's 35, you see Mandanda and Go, who's, I think, 37 or 38, like those guys are the geezers. But other than that, most of their squad is 25, 26 and under. Like, you'll see a lot of 22, 21, 23-year-olds, um, which is completely different than what we got to show. You know, we're most of our squad is 29 to 32, uh, or right about there. So I like a lot of their guys are going to be 10 years younger than ours uh, on the pitch. Um, and I'm not even, you know, that's not including the, you know, Perez and Matic, they kind of cancel out, you know, they're both like 34, 35. So forget about them. But, you know, then you got the Schenkenfelds who are, you know, he's 31 or something and he's up against, uh, you know, I, one of their good players was a uh, Guiri. He's like 22, 21, 22, you know, how is how is that going to play into the game? And it's not, you know, it's not just one or two guys that got this mismatch in age. It's it's really like, yeah, seventy five percent of the team. It's, yeah, even more. I was going to say ninety. Like it's it's a lot of them. So I wonder, you know, what that's going to do to you know not just the lineup, but also the game plan that that is put out there. I do think the one thing we have on them, even just with age, is. The experience in who Jovanovic has trust in with these guys, they know how to manage a game, regardless of their age. They've played in games versus coming up against a team like Renner, like you said, has a lot of younger guys. They may be more athletically gifted than our guys and may be able to beat them probably off the ball and stuff. But, you know, being able to manage that and make the smart plays versus just trying to beat them to the punch, for lack yeah. of better terms, is going to be, I think, Jovanovic's key here is just playing chess not checkers so i'm curious how ren is going to play this game coming up against us too i don't i don't know i haven't watched any of them or much of them at all they do have a midfielder before matic came over who was a, a big um target for dortmund enzo he actually played i think for laureate before and he was like a superstar but ever since matic came over he comes off the bench plays nine ten minutes and um you know I watched him because of him, but because he stopped getting playing time, I haven't watched too much of them since basically the first half of the season. They were doing good. And like I said, now lately they've been on a on a losing streak. So let's hope we continue that losing streak for him. Interestingly enough, I don't think they rested anyone over the weekend. Uh, they played uh, Guiri, who's their left wing. They played Blas, who's their right wing. I think we're going to see both of those guys. Those are like their go-to guys on the wings. Enzo, like you mentioned, he played at the weekend. Their captain, uh, Bourigo, I think is their normal captain. He played at the weekend. Uh, their right back has been doing really well. Uh, his name's Asignon. Their left back, same thing, Trufair. Like, I think they played, if not all 11 guys, they definitely played like nine of them over the weekend. So they did not rest anyone. Um, yeah, they made their three subs, and they were all late subs too, other than one of their forwards. But everything yeah. was in like the 80th minute. So a lot of them played a pretty full schedule too. Um, yeah. So I, I think we're gonna see most of those guys. Um and it seems like yeah, they're they're gonna hold the ball a lot, shoot. Yeah. And pray. <laughs> so based off that, what do you guys think what do you think the result's gonna be? 
for this game. I'm going to go see well, something similar with Marseille, like a 2-0, 2-1 type of deal. I don't see it being super high scoring, but I think we'll see a few goals. Well, before before we go into that, and you you, you just gave your answer, Alki, but I wanted to ask you guys if you think if and how the game from Sunday and what happened and not playing the full game is going to affect what happens on Thursday, whether it's in terms of lineups, which we kind of already talked about, uh, but also just like morale or mentality – if it's going to have any effect whatsoever on on how we come out and what we what we do, I think. I mean, if if the the shoe was on the other foot and Panathinaikos was, you know, at the kind of you know the stakes were against us, everybody was pissed with us. Um, I I would say it would it would negatively affect us. From what I've seen, for the most part, with the evidence, with the referees' report with the coach sticking up for the players, with Alafuzos coming out, with the fan base embracing the players. I think it's more we're going to see something positive out of the team um, to just kind of build off of what we saw from the play on Sunday against Olympiacos. Um, only because I think I think just the, the love and the, the closeness of the fans is just going to be at an all-time high now. Usually anytime something explosive like this happens, we usually will we'll see a, a positive turnout. Um, with that, I mean, I, I think I think we can go into the game and I think we can win it 2-0. Um, we're at home and I, I I'm I'm taking the glass half full. I'm seeing a lot of positives going into this game, so I think I think this is going towards our favor rather than the opposite. Yeah, I think just the personnel and the culture that Ivanovic has built and just the kind of like the family togetherness that we've seen since last season and going into this season, even with new guys. The tough guys, as we say, like the Verbich guys and Bernard, no matter how small he is and no matter how much we hate Verbich's play, sometimes like good locker room presence like that to help keep guys grounded, um, I think goes a long way. And even with some of these guys, like we've got Schenkfeld and Magnuson, who's obviously injured and stuff, but I think guys like that and Brignoli even yelling at guys on the pitch, like we see the togetherness and the collective group that they are. I don't, I don't see Sunday's situation having much of an impact maybe it has a positive impact to come out and want to win and show that we can still play and it's not going to affect us type of deal but i mean it is a toss-up it could go horribly wrong too if they're yeah. still kind of just scarred from it just we don't know what happened once they went into the locker room either uh and what their week has looked like training and life outside on you know they're still in athens still going to be surrounded by a lot of olibiakos fans what people have been saying, what they've been reading. That's why I asked you guys because I was I was pretty 50-50 about it and you guys kind of nailed it nailed it on the head. Um, you know, the thing that was encouraging for me is Jovanovic. I think he's bred a really good, you know, locker room presence and you know, good mentality for the team and nothing really like this has happened to us while he's been there for the most part, but you know, it he does seem like he would be able to keep the guys in line and 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 go on to the next day and just focus on the next game. So that that to me is is an encouraging thing. What what would you say going into the game, Alex? What, what do you think our our prediction or your prediction would be? I don't know. Like we said, there's so many factors in this one that we don't have in other ones. Uh, you know, again, the the events of Sunday, the situation with the with the stadium. You know, kind of being half. It'll be full, but only only kind of I think half 
you know, with fans. So all those variables put together, it's going to be, I don't want to say an uphill battle, but it's going to be more difficult than anything we're used to. I do, I do want us to get the win. I think if we get the win, we're on, we're on seven points. We've, you know, we haven't gotten second place for sure, but we're really close. We're really close to guaranteed uh, second or better, I think. So I'm going to go with two, one, I think, our attacking that we showed on Sunday was really encouraging. Uh, we really took it to Olympiacos. So I think we could, you know, we could have had two goals at the half over there. I think we could have two goals in 90 minutes here. You know, they, I think they will probably get a goal. Uh, they seem to be, you know, attacking minded. So I don't, I don't want to say I'm going to hold them at no goals, but I think they will get it at one goal. But let's say that their, you know, their wastefulness that we've seen in the past couple of games for them based on, you know, little research is going to bite them in the ass. So let's say two, one, and then we're on seven points and then we're looking, we're looking really, really up. Awesome. Yeah. Those, yeah. Very, very good points there. Um, game is on Thursday. Is that right? Or is it Friday? Thursday, I think three o'clock Eastern. So it'd be 12 for you guys. So 12 for us. Yeah. So yeah. We'll certainly, you know, we'll be on the lookout for that match. Finally, Panathinaikos is back in Europe. Um, very exciting times. We actually have a team that's performing. So we'll see. You know, we're going into a, a game at Leoforos. Uh, a lot of positives to take away so far from the team. And, um, you know, the boys uh, for the next podcast, they'll be talking about that result. And hopefully we'll have those, uh, those three points from it. But now I think it's time to shift gears a little bit to the, the basketball team. Um, Again, you know, it, it's been a little bit since the American crew's been on and kind of had a chance to talk about it. Last time, Alki and I were on with Mitso, and we were kind of previewing the the season and the team a little bit, kind of what our expectations were. And I remember uh, Alki was uh, was talking about, along with myself, just uh, team needed a little bit of, of patience. You know, we, we had this new team um, just to kind of keep things realistic heading into the league. And so... We've started off so far the EuroLeague campaign. We've played four games, and we've got a one-in-three record. Um, now, there's been this kind of split between the fan base a little bit where uh, some are demanding change, uh, some are staying remain patient. In EuroLeague, again, the slogan is every game matters, and every point does matter because they do tally up the points. Um, what What are you guys' thoughts so far about, about this kind of, start to the EuroLeague season? Is this something you're expecting? You're a little bit of disappointed, you're a little bit concerned. What are you guys thinking? You know, I'll just, unless you have something to say, Alki, I'll just say that, you know, it's, we've been talking about it a lot that the expectations are probably too high. Uh, and that's not, you know, you should always aim high. I'm not saying don't aim high, but aim high while still being realistic. You know, this is a completely new look squad. Um, so it's going to take time to gel. You know, I'm not the first, I'm not the last person to say that, but, you know, it's something that we do have to really take to heart because it, it, we can be quick to overreact and, you know, one in three doesn't feel good, but, you know, the expectations were probably final four. More realistic expectation is probably playoffs, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, sound like a pessimist and I don't want to make the final four. Of course, that would be awesome. That would be, you know, way, way, I don't know, exceeding my expectations even right now based on being one in three, but, you know, we have to, we have to temper and, you know, it'll get better. It'll get better. It's not going to be like this just because, you know, 
just because it started like this, it's not going to continue like this for the whole year. It's it's going to turn around pretty quick, I hope, and I think. Um, but also, you know, the one in three is kind of, you know, harsh on us, I think. Uh, you know, two of them went into OT. Um, you, you were saying, Adoni, that, you know, ball roll away from, you know, winning winning the opener against Olympiacos, and that could have been a completely different look going down, would have given us more momentum instead of, you know, being a gut punch. So there, there's been some tough breaks for us. Uh, you know, that's not that's not excuses, but things could be a little different. And, you know, the one in three, like I said, is is not it sounds a lot worse than what we've actually shown in 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 EuroLeague. I think the Fener game was really the only one where I was like, OK, this is like, you know, this is not we deserve to lose this one. And I'm just going to throw my hands up. But like, again, the, the Olympiagos game could have easily been won. The Maccabi game could have easily been won. Obviously, we won the Bayern game. So, you know, one and three is a little harsh. Yeah, I mean, is it disappointing? Yeah. Uh, like you said, the expectations versus reality. Um, I mean, like you said, it's a whole new team, a whole new coach. He's got to implement his tactics and how he plays game style. And then all the players collectively have to kind of be on the same page after learning a whole new thing. So it's not like one or two new guys. Like we've got a whole new starting lineup, basically a few brand new guys. I think we talked about even leading up to this. Like, I think, you know, if you look at the roster, there's maybe a handful, if not less of guys that are returning guys. Um, I think uh, the biggest question that I think that we should ask ourselves and feel free to chime in guys is at what point do we start to worry if things continue like this? Let's say, you know, tweak a few things here. There the games stay close. We continue losing or one out of three, we keep winning, but we're not getting embarrassed. Like we did a defender game, but they're still close. Like we see effort. We see the, we see the vision. It's just not obviously execution in the final minutes or whatever it could be. But at what point do we, start to worry and say okay now i think you know when does dpg step in and be like no coach you got to start winning you know we've seen the craziness yeah. like that but i'm just yeah. thinking like at what point do we as fans start to worry and be like okay what is it the players or do we like i i guess at that point players you can't really do much because you're still kind of doing the same thing just getting rid of a few guys to replace them you got brand new guys but with the coach yeah well yeah, I Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. No, no, go, go ahead, Adonio. Go ahead. Yeah, so I, I was, you know, like just kind of like, you know, soaking in what you guys were saying. And I, I was just thinking to myself, I mean, I agree with, with Alex. With, you know, I think the one in three is a little bit harsh right now, how fans are kind of getting upset about it. Of course, it is disappointing a little bit. Um, we need to temper down expectations. And I actually think the expectations are, uh, one of the biggest reasons why we're at where we're at right now, I'm not going to lie, because somebody mentioned it. He's this guy in Greece that I follow, and he mentioned Slukas is playing like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. Every time he misses a big shot, anytime he misses a free throw, a layup, whatever, he kind of puts his head down. He looks really stressed out on the on the, on the the bench. Uh, you see guys like Lesor missing free throws, and I just think the expectations were set super, super high. Um, going into it, of course, you know, there's all that excitement and there's this pressure now on the team to perform for the first time in a couple of years, because Panathinaikos basketball has, you know, I mean, this past 20, 30 years, they've been really, really good. They've been very successful last two years. It's been kind of bad. 
And now the expectation is, hey, we need to get back to where we were. Now, this is a whole new group of guys, essentially. I think Alexakis is the only guy that was here last year that's coming back. And the guys are expected to perform again. And you've got, uh, you know, Coach Adamin now who's bringing in this system. And yeah, one criticism I do have to say about Adamin is he never should have said this during the summer. I don't know if you guys saw this, but he was guaranteeing that we were going to go Final Four. or Not guaranteeing, but he, he was making really bold statements about Final right. Four and beating Olympiacos in the league and well, that's kind of like what I was going to say. A lot, a lot of this pressure, stress, like you see the body language in Slukas and stuff, like a lot of it they brought upon themselves because we saw like the statements Slukas made on why he decided to join us. And then yeah. um, statements about like his contract and the reality is he's how old we signed him for this amount of money. It, like it was just and the, even the drama from DPG coming down, talking team, like having to say we need to do better. Like this is unacceptable. So like it started from last season, even and the whole crazy offseason that a lot of this pressure and stress, they kind of brought it upon themselves in a sense, too. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's not even the pressure just from the fans, but pressure from themselves they're like okay we talked a big game they got to back it up at this point they gotta back it up like there's no there's no denying that like i'm gonna give them time they gotta gel like that's just reality but at the same time you gotta show for what you were talking all summer long Um, you know to answer to answer your question alki about you know how much time do we give before you know changes major changes happen like we've been saying, it's a rebuild and rebuilds don't happen overnight. You know, one, one, you know, one year, I don't want to call it a waste, but one year where, you know, we're going up as long as we see improvements and development and things going on the up and up, then that that's all fine by me. And then we could, you know, really compete next year or even the year after. But, you know, I don't, I don't think we have to jump too much, too much yet because, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. So you know, listen, we're not, we're not making the final this year, uh, unless, you know, a big surprise happens, you know, we, sh- we should be competing for the Greek league. We can't be getting blown away by Olympiacos. Um, so as, as long as, you know, as long as we make playoffs and we're in the Greek league until the very end. And, you know, again, as long as we compete and we could still lose the Greek league, cause they're still a good team. They didn't, they didn't yeah. fall off. They didn't fall off the map just cause they lost Lucas and you know, who was it? Um, Sasha, uh, to the Sasha, right? Yeah, Sasha, right. So they're still a good team. So I, it's not even a shoe in that we're going to win the league, but we got to be competing. So for me, playoffs, compete in the league, hopefully win the league, and then we're really going to go at it next season. I think that that that's where we want to be. Yeah, that's yeah. So, so then to add to that, though, we make playoffs and competing in the Greek league. Do you think realistically, because this is just us talking, but do you think fans in general? whether it's hoop fans of the Euro hoops and just Panathinaikos fans or even, you know, ownership and whatnot management, do you, do you see them giving the team a year before it's like, okay, now next season, final four for sure, championship or bus type of deal, whatever it is. Do you see even getting it a year? Like, I guess my, that, my question is, do yeah. we, do we see, what do we see as like the realistic expectations out of like, the coach management and the players at this point for this year. I mean, again, we should, we should strive for the best we could possible possibly do. I do think it was, you know, not the best thing for Atman to say, you know, final four that did, you know, that was kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit. And then you start one and three and 
listen, if, if we go one and four, it's not over, but we really got to win the next one. Like we really got to win the next one, even for playoffs sake. I'm not even talking for final four sake. We really got to win the next one because two and three is a lot better than one and four. Right. Um, I don't remember who the next one is against. Um, oh yeah. But okay. So got to win that one. Um, you know, I'll keep to answer your question. The, the fans are going to be, more critical than I think they they need or should be because of all this talk that happened over the summer and it we're gonna have a sh we're gonna have a shorter leash than we probably should that that's that's what it comes down to and I, I hate to say it but I don't want that to be the catalyst for big changes too soon because I you know without again I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a basketball ex expert I do follow uh, the BC but I do think Ataman is the, the right man for the job. Like he's only gotten high praise. Um, so I don't want anything too rash to happen where we're like, we got to make a head coaching change. Like, I don't want, I don't want to see that. Listen, if it drags on for a couple of years and we're, you know, we're struggling and we're just getting into playoffs and that's about it, then that's a different story. But again, as I said, build upon each year and like, listen, if we get playoffs this year, good. Then we build upon it next year. Uh, and that, you know, that's not, I'm even thinking about, uh, I don't want to go too long about this, but I'm even thinking about Olympiacos FC. They were kind of in a rebuilding phase this year, even from their own words. That That is their own words. They sacked, obviously, uh, Pedro Martins midway last year. They had their interim coaches and they they got their their main guy. And they expected to be in this, in this you know, kind of competing because they always do their Olympiacos, but also kind of not competing. And then, okay, they came out through seven, eight games, nine games, and they're top of the league. So that that completely went out the door that rebuilding season. But that's that, that's what they were saying before before the season started. The, the difference between them and us in BC is that they had a good start, so they could forget about the rebuild, and we had a bad start. So yeah, we're kind they're of like they're over like, delivering compared to us, where egg, we might exactly. be under delivering, and no one wants they're to be under delivered. And that's exactly, just so the that that's the it. difference. That's the difference. So if we were over delivering, we would not we would not be having this conversation. We're slightly under delivering, but again, the under delivering is not is not severe. It's a lot more severe than it probably it probably looks. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna harp back to. It's two OT losses. It's we're one in three, but we're two OT losses. So I, it's not like we could take them away. I'm not. I'm not saying erase them, but you know, again, just a ball roll and we could Maccabi, be three and Ma one versus exactly. One three, we could like... be two. And, we could be two and two. And if we were in two and two, that's still like we would respectable. Be this we would yeah. be having this conversation, but not to the same you know magnitude. So again, I, I think if we could get back to three and three, and again, this is you know this is looking games in advance, but you know, if we could win two out of the next three, let's say, like, I think we're, we're, we're sitting all right. And we can put a lot of this behind us. You know, it's been pretty good in the Greek league too, you know, not just to focus on Euro league. I know it's, it's different quality of opponents, but you know, we just, we just won 100, 111 to 75 against Lavrio. Like again, it's Lavrio. I'm not, you know, we're not going to talk about it for 10 minutes, but statement win. Good to oh, see yeah. that we're putting up, putting up that number. Um, you know, the the one that concerned me a little bit was the one with Betty Steady, which was a couple of weeks ago. We were down by 17. We did end up winning it, which is good, but we were down by 17. And Betty Steady's a good team. They're they're one of the better the better teams, but still, you don't you don't you never want to be down to down 17 in the Greek league, even against you know Olympiacos. So and we kind but, of talked about it like 
there's just there's a lot of small things that as we see just from experience and or lack of experience playing with each other that are just causing a lot of these issues like our defense is just hot garbage yeah. and that there's could no be coaching perimeter. it's no personnel perimeter. that's out there just being able to play yeah. together like no perimeter defense like you said Adoni where we you know yeah uh, your hoops is like you know they're shooting it's a shooting game too as well mm-hmm. like you turn around you could be down two and then next thing you know you're down like 10 or 12 yeah. and games yeah. at a loss or there's there's been times even we saw even with last season completely different roster but it's still carried on this year where i see like box score of like quarter over quarter where there's some courts we're barely struggling to score like 10 12 14 points and other courts where we're blowing them out 30 plus points like there's just no there's a lot of lack of consistency which is the only thing i can say that concerns me very unrelated to last season uh because it's a whole new group of guys but the same issues we saw last season are kind of still happening this guy with a whole new group of guys and it's it's just and a new coach so it's like you know yeah and, and, and you know what, though? one of the areas that I, I'm, I'm i am a little bit concerned about like just kind of like play style wise and i've said it a couple of times now i don't think we need we, we can run the the two guard system. I don't think running Slukas and Vildoza together is going to work out because we're getting absolutely mauled on the perimeter. They're a Slukas. liability on defense. Slukas is older. There's nothing wrong with him. He's plays yeah. good, but like when guy like him and guy like Vildoza, who's their build and size is just They're small in general. Small. And like Slukas, I mean, Slukas, it said, I looked up his height the other day because it, it says he's six foot three. He doesn't look six foot three. He looks a lot smaller. I mean, he, he's getting We know it's from the NBA, Adoni and Alex. Like, whatever their listed height is, you always take away like an <laughs> inch or two. Or if it's guys that are like tall, like they say KD's six eight, six nine, and he's like literally seven foot. Yeah. It's never accurate. Slukas is lucky to be like over six, six one. At- yeah. <laughs> they like listed six, Iverson six, back in the day at six three, six four, and there's like, no way he was six. There's three. no way, yeah, because exactly, yeah, like because he, he's six foot six foot one. I mean, he's getting shots blocked. I mean, he's going to the rim getting blocked defensively. He can't really do some. He can kind of poke the ball, but a lot of people, and I'm glad because I thought I was being harsh. But after the game uh, where we lost against Maccabi, Vildoza was the guy I was going into the game about and kind of targeting in my head, like maybe he's not the guy. He had a good offensive. Um, he had a good offensive approach to the game. I think he, he had about, I think it was 15 points or so, but his decision-making is just so bad. Like he, he's, I mean, if he's hitting a three, he's just going to go and do some stupid like trick shot or the final shot of the game in overtime to try to send it into double overtime. He goes for a floater. He had time to drive it. He just went for a floater. Well, and I think Kurt said this a while back, even over the summer, we'll see how it goes. But like he mentioned that, we got a lot of good guards, combo guards, scoring guys, but we don't have a true facilitator. Like, we don't have a true point guard. They signed this guy, Moraitis, which I love, but yeah. he's still young. I mean, he's going to take time. He's got a good all-around game, but, like, we don't have a, a true point guard to facilitate like we used to with, like, you've seen in Paspanulis or even Calathis and these kind of guys where they don't – we don't need that much scoring. So I think Vildoza and, and Slukas, unfortunately, they need to be kind of They're staggered and playing – you know, when one guy's out, one guy's in, maybe they can close, but you can't be playing them that much at the same time. Yeah. Um, because they're both scoring guards. And knowing yes. the game, you you need a a playmaker, which we don't have. Exactly. Like, see, because Adamin is going with the style. I get the system that he's going with because he did this at FS. 
where he's going with his his, his two offensive guards because he had Shane Larkin and he had Vasily Bicic, who was the MVP a couple years ago. So they're very offensive oriented players, and they were like the system ran around them. The difference is, I trust Lucas. He's just got something going on in his head right now with all this pressure. Uh, Vildoza is kind of the one making the the silly mistakes. He he can go off, but he makes silly mistakes. And off the bench, we got Jerry and Grant, who honestly. I mean, we got him from Champions League basketball or Euro Cup basketball. I forget what it's called. I'm not a big fan of of Jerry and Grant. I'll be honest. I don't think he's that good coming off the bench. Kyle Guy is uh, somebody that the Panathinaikos fans are really fond of. He's okay. I mean, he went he's off a spot up day. shooter. Yeah, like I think he, he's been. I think he's been really good actually. He's yeah, a great he, shooter, but uh, look at uh, the thing I look at is the difference between Slukas when he plays for Ethniki or when he does. Like even last year we saw him when he plays for Panathinaikos, even club like he can be that guy when needed. But even when he played at Olympiakos, he wasn't the only guy, and I feel like that's what's happening right. here. Yeah. Uh, and it's just gonna you're gonna burn him out. He's gonna get injured, or he's just his his production is going to dip drastically and i think that's the big issue that i don't like the ottoman is doing i get the idea of what he's trying to implement but i i don't think he has the right personnel for that yeah like i think oh sorry yeah go ahead alex yeah no i just i just wanted to go back to kyle guy and you know he hasn't he hasn't been you know 100 percent good every game that he's played but he did you know the one that stood out to me was i think it was the finair game yeah Yeah, we did end up losing by 10 or 15 but i he was single-handedly keeping us in that game you know all right he might have just had a good game but he he really showed up and yeah he was putting them down uh and again you know nothing to show for it because we did lose but he did single-handedly keep us in that game and the other guy i wanted to point out was uh costas who's really who's really turned it up recently i think Again, lost on Saturday, uh, but he had something like, I think it was like three or four blocks in the second quarter. Uh, he really put in a shift. Uh, and then today, didn't watch the game today, but he was the MVP of the game today. So he put in back-to-back, you know, good performances. And it's he's been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly. You, you took the words right out of my mouth, Alex, because I was going to bring up Costas as well. We, we go with Lasor, and I get it because he's, he's being paid the big bucks. But I think that I mean he. We've got to give Costa some more minutes yeah. now. I mean, he, he's, oh yeah, he's earned it. He's earned it. And yeah. a, another thing that I wanted to point out as well, one big positive I got from the Maccabi game was Mitoglu coming back. Mitoglu mm-hmm. was such a, a like a breath of fresh air. He brought that passion to the team. Now we're lacking that playmaking, like Alki was saying, because we have four guards that are all redundant. They're all scoring, so we don't really have that facilitator. But the good thing is with our big lineup. Lasor needs to get his head sorted out a little bit. I think he's he's too much into his own head with those silly mistakes. But if him and Mitoglu and Costas continue to to perform, if they can get it together, uh, and then we can bring in somebody that's like a facilitator. I I saw that we're and I was gonna bring this up actually. It was a good time. We're linked with Kendrick Nunn from the he last played for the Wizards in the NBA. Um, I don't think he's really much of a of a facilitator. No, uh, he's a scoring guard. He's a scorer, so that that's see that's the he thing. can torch it up, but he yeah he's a he's a scoring guard. Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like we're gonna add possibly a fifth scorer onto the team without a facilitator. That's that's the worry. I think that's where you know to go back all the way to to Alki's question where he mentioned earlier about like at what point do we get concerned? 
if we're still seeing, you know, a few games in the same types of mistakes over and over again and no ball movement and no facilitation, I think that's going to kind of paint the picture for the season. I'm worried, you know, I, I hope we don't get rid of Adam and I think he's the guy for the team. I think he's a really smart coach because he, uh, you said you had watched the game, right? Alex, the Maccabi game. Yeah. Personally, I, I think, I think he, he got ejected on purpose for that game. Cause probably, if you know, probably, yeah. we were playing like, like lazy. We, we were playing with no heart. Well, he said it in post interviews or even in interviews like halftime and stuff, just like how shit we are, how bad yeah. the guys are playing. They're just not playing to their level. And it's like, you know, I don't think it's his issue. I think it's just a matter of time, like we said, but it's they gotta show some fire personnel. And funny enough, I think we're having our our hoop team is having some similar issues like we complained about our football team last year where we kind of stuck around but like couldn't score goals. And we talked a lot of shit about Sporar, but he's turned around and stuff, and same with Bernard. And I think that's because you know, some of the moves we made, like now we have playmakers, a lot of them. You know, Sporar was like a lone striker. He's a true number nine. And if he's getting shit service, he's going to perform shit. Uh, and I think same with our hoop team is you've got scores everywhere, but nobody to create for them. And so if they can't get shots created for them, they're going to force things and play like shit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean... I'm seeing it. It sounds like Ottoman is going with that same idea, playing off the bigs, because we do have passing bigs, and European bigs are usually better shooters and passers than your typical NBA guys. So I think they're trying to bounce and rebound off of that to have them be more facilitative than your guards. But I just don't know how sustainable that's going to be. But it's only four games in. Um, yeah. I think it's still way too early to tell, like Alex said the whole time. Just I think it's a little reactive which is normal in sports by fans and us of why we're having this conversation but um you know we got to see how it plays out i guess looking yeah. forward we have we have Basconia in the next yearly game that's on the 27th that's at home i think that's a good, that's a must win like i said two and three is a lot better than one and four and it's at home we've already lost two ot games so far so it's gonna feel bad if we lose another home game Got to win that one, and 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 then after that we have uh, the big one, which is Olympiacos, over there uh, for the league. That's on the thirtieth. So that's that's and it the seemed like game look. Ottoman kind of had some good. It seems like he's doing some load management, which we expected for first Lucas and some other guys. But he kind of rotated a little heavily in today's game too. I didn't. I don't even think Lucas or the sort played at all today. So um, I think they've been kind of battling some nagging injuries. It looks like, but. Uh, you know, yeah. hopefully for the next big game statement win today, like you said, and and hopefully that kind of carries into the next game and helps the ball ball start rolling uh, in our favor. Yeah, because yeah. we we've lost Papa Petru for two months too. He's got a like a knee injury. Oh, Adoni, your heart is broken, isn't it? That's your guy. That's my guy. That's Papa Petru right there, man. So the he had a good cat- season last year too. So he did in parties on. You know, the thing that I like. <laughs> I feel bad because Adam and I know he, he's hard on him, man. Like, if he makes a defensive mistake, boom, you're done. And he kind of gives leeway to Vildoza and, and Slukas a little bit. Uh, I like I like Papa Petru because he's kind of that facilitator a little bit. Um, so, yeah, we've lost him. And, you know, to your point, like, Adam has been trying to load manage players. Like, yeah, Costas didn't play. Slukas didn't play. Uh, Lesor, I think, was out, like you said. They're up in age. I mean – 
to be fair, Papa Petr's playing against like we've got a lot of really good like wing forward players, you know. Yeah. Uh Lenzakis or he's a little bit smaller, but then you've got like Manzukats and Grant. Um, a lot of these like stretch threes, small four ball guys, like who can play. So, I don't yeah, know. yeah, we've got Grigonis too. I've I've been, you know what? I'm glad Grigonis to stay because last year people were really disappointed with him, and I was like, we got to keep this guy. I'm so glad he stayed because he he's a good locker room guy, and he's a, he's a good shooter. He hits big knockdown shots. I, I, he's one of the guys that I really I really like. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, we'll we'll see. We we've got to win against Basconia on. Uh, I think it's on Friday. That that's a must. Twenty seven. Yeah, Saturday. Twenty seven. So yeah, Friday or Saturday. That, it's that a it's a, a Friday. We we've got to win that one, and then of course the Olympiak. We've got to beat Olympiakos. I mean, at this point, it's obviously for the it's, league. It's over. It's over there. It's going to be difficult, but yeah. And they play. We got, I mean, we got to put in a good show, and at least they, they, you know, watching them play. The one thing is they struggle. They've been struggling offensively. Score, they lost stuff, but they, they lost their two biggest scores and shooters. Yeah, exactly. They lost their two best scores, but their defense because they got Militunov now this year. Oh my gosh, dude! They've got him, and then off the off the bench, they've got Fall coming off, and it, their their you know protection in the paint is really really good. And so it's going to be tough, man. Like if we're settling for threes. I, anything can happen. It's a derby game. This, we always know this is this is different, but the game against Olympiacos is going to be good. I mean, we've got to get some bragging rights back, man. We've, yeah. They they got cocky after that little lucky overtime win. If that ball, I'm telling you, if it just rolled a little bit slower, it was going in. Rolled right off the well, rim. Well, the bad part about that is that we completely went – we not fell asleep, but we completely went dry in OT. That 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 was the real yeah. the real gut punch. Like, yeah, not that not rolling in really hurt, but like we showed nothing in OT in both games. Really, we only, we only lost Maca- watching the Maccabi game, and I was like, I was getting ready for something, but watching the Kami game was like I'm watching the same the same Olympiacos game again. Like it was, he came up. oh my god, it was it was it was yeah, it was tough. All that fight, dude, because we we were down 15, 16 points. We were, we yeah, yeah. All the yeah. way back, went to OT, and you could you could see it. I just handed them the ball. game, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, okay, Slukas misses that free throw, right? You see him just getting pissed and you head down. It goes to OT. We're inbounding the ball. You see, you, I forgot who it was. He's just kind of like slouch. He's going to inbound the ball. He looks down already. I'm like, dude, we've got five minutes of OT. Like you, you're already mentally checking out. Like what the heck is going on? Like. It, it's back talk, to talk it's about talk about mentally checking out. It was that game with uh probably against Olympiacos again where it was it was before Slukas missed the shot because that was that was obviously at the end. But it was like Lasor passing back to who, and it was just a brain yeah, fart on both going. of them. It's the same thing that you're talking about. It's just it's just it, w- when you need to be the sharpest, they're they're kind of just like like you said, just like kind of getting dejected too soon. Like yeah it's i don't I, I just like i'm like you guys are overthinking it too much like yeah. from a play style standpoint from a setup standpoint like I, it's the facilitating problem and in my opinion as well the, the double guards where we're getting killed on perimeter and then it's just a mentality issue too because once they were fighting back i mean they were playing really good so we need to get those two things sorted out so i think basconia is the game where we need to start must getting win. our sales like yeah must win get that win must in our win. sales Olympiacos is going to be tough, but we've got to put up a fight. We can't have no twenty-point blowout where we, yep. you know, we get blown off the court because they suffer from from offense. We've got to take advantage a little bit. So, 
we'll see. But that's uh, I think that's pretty much calling everything uh, a pod this time. You guys. One more one more thing to mention. Uh, back to FC real quick. Lodigan signed that um, signed that extension until twenty twenty six. Uh, right. which it was a pleasant surprise. Uh, you know, I don't want to say too much about it, but he was, he was, you know, over the summer was, there were reports about him being unhappy. He didn't want to be a backup, which, you know, all, you know, fair enough. Cause he could start on, you know, probably all 14 super league teams. Um, so that was, I was surprised to see that, but it was a pleasant surprise. Maybe he wants to, I don't know. He's, he's older. He's probably like 32, I think. So, you know, even Brignoli, he's probably actually the same age as Brignoli, maybe one year older because Brignoli is not young either, but, you know, that was I was surprised to see that following the news this summer where he was allegedly unhappy. Yeah, that caught me off guard as well. I'm like, yeah. oh wow, Egan, because I could have sworn that I read that he was out of there. Like I, I thought that he, he was wanted just not- out. Him and the well, when Duties found out too from the summer before whatnot, you know, the whole it it was a when Brignoli came in, it basically kind of knocked down the pins for like all any keeper that was at our club. Um, yeah. And he got some time, I think, in one of the games, too. So, I don't know. Maybe Jovanovic threw him a bone and they exactly. talked or who knows. <laughs> I mean, I mean, listen, he's – again, like I said, he could start on probably all 14 other than ours uh, Super League teams, but he's still not going to play uh, for the foreseeable future. Brignoli is our number one. He's going to play both the big league and and the European games. It's not like in England where you could, you know, start your your second guy in like the League Cup and stuff like that. It's not going to be like that. So he's still only going to be playing like, what I don't know, six Some to eight games, games six six to yeah. eight games a year maybe. Like, look at this. We have we have Olympiacos in the first cup games. Like he's not going to play in that. So no. I don't know. It's uh, it's a weird one. It's a complete one eighty from what we what we heard and saw this summer. But you know, it's from from a from a team standpoint. That's that's a fantastic number two to have you can't be complaining about that so hopefully he fights and you know gets game time where where he can and it, it's it's just good for the team in general and good good for Brignoli to have you know good um uh, competition you know yeah yeah certainly so yeah uh, definitely a positive to uh to kind of ponder upon I was really happy after this kind of crazy week with everything going on around our team um just in general for both of them it was good to see Lodigan kind of get that extension there. So we've got that depth still at, at goalkeeper. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got. Did you guys have any last words or anything you wanted to share? Oh, let's hope for a win on Thursday and see how the weekend goes. Awesome. Yep. Let's, let's hope for that win. And then we'll, uh, we'll see. I think the Australian boys are going to cover the result for uh Ren. So it was good talking with you guys. Glad to have the Americans back on the podcast. Let's hope Anathan Equos does good throughout this week, both in BC and FC. Absolutely. Take care, guys.